Hello there, and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. I'm here! Hello, everybody. Wow, you're here! Well, I mean, you're, 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 you're in the internet somewhere. Yes, I'm in the internet. Ooh. You are on, in, 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 the, in the netherworld of the Force. Yes, the netherworld. The nether. Oh, I like it. Um, welcome back, everybody. Hope everyone is is good. Uh, today we are going to be talking in our main segment of Man of Steel. We're going to be continuing yeah, our Zack Snyder, continuing our Zack Snyder extravaganza and starting Zack Snyder's DC trilogy. We are two weeks away from the grand event, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Extremely <sighs> exciting stuff. I'm I'm pretty excited, you know, like. Um, everything that's um, happening in the past few, few days has been exciting. It really know? has. We, we do have some uh, some news on that. But yeah, we're also, you know, we've got we've only got one piece of news, but there'll probably be a lot to talk about. It's a lot of Snyder Cut news. Um, and then we've also got the, the series finale of WandaVision, which I, I know you're really excited to talk about that, John. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we didn't like it. Um... But yeah, I guess we'll uh, so yeah. Time codes in the description, so you can bounce around. But let's start yeah. with something. Yeah. Let's start with you, something. You can bounce to out when we just it just goes to that timestamp when we just cry about one division. It's just <laughs> it's just ten minutes of just uninterrupted tears. Yeah, just yeah, just go there now if you want that content. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's the news of this week? The news of this week is I, I, we I, have one piece of news, and it's it's all it's all Snyder Cut news. So we're gonna so we've got some. Um, so first of all, Zack Snyder was part of IGN Fan Fest uh, and did a forty-five minute video where he answered questions about the Snyder Cut, and he did say that the Snyder Cut is going to be ending on a cliffhanger, which will oh. obviously lead into Justice League Two, which he did emphasize is not happening. But, you know, uh, it could happen. I... Now, what do you think? What do you think about this? Assuming that Justice League 2 isn't going to happen, what do you think about a cliffhanger ending? Oh, I think a cliffhanger is good because I think it allows uh, maybe other creators uh, to continue uh, Zack Snyder's ideas of, like, the, um, the the DCEU. You know what I mean? Like, to lead up what, like, could happen after uh, this whole four-hour film, you know, like, to uh, continue... Um, the journey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you could you could definitely, you know, like, take some of the more modern stuff, you know, like some of the, the kind of stuff they've been bringing in with Shazam and Aquaman and, and stuff like that, you know, kind of bring it to that kind of tone rather than what Snyder's been going with. But, I mean, I know that if they made a Justice League 2 and it wasn't, you know, a Snyder film, the, you know, people would get very, very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, like, to transition from like um if someone has like the idea of making justice league 2 or i don't know if they uh, have the idea to do it um you know it's kind of hard to catch uh, you know like to um transition from zack snyder like zack snyder one of the best directors and then you know like i, I don't know if anyone can have like that transition of um that visual storytelling to another director i don't know that would be a really good challenge for them. Um, yeah, I, you know. I mean, I think Joss Whedon proved that it's not easy. You know, Zack, everything that Zack Snyder does is very deliberate. You know, he has a plan. You know, he 
all the, you know, all the dialogue, all the shots, everything is, you know, is put there for a reason and he wants to tell this very specific story. It is difficult, you know, even if you look at like, you know, other superhero team up films, it can go really well and it can also go really badly. So, I mean, I I, I think if it, if it ends on a cliffhanger, I would love to see, um, yeah, the, the next well, one. I wonder if like the cliffhanger is going to be like the most like, um, like, uh, like the epicenter of something about to happen. Maybe I don't know, like um, Flashpoint. I don't know, or maybe uh, a character dies, or I don't know. Dark well, well, side. Well, well, it is interesting because you know this isn't this won't be you know setting up anything that that would have happened now. It, it's setting up. Oh, I got an email. Um, it it, it will be setting up things you know, from 2016, 2017. So I am, I am interested. It, I mean, it's, it is going to be interesting. I'm very excited. I don't think I mind too much about Cliffhanger, you know. Good stories can end on a, on a note that leaves it open to the future. But yeah. do, it doesn't necessarily have to have a sequel, you know. I think stuff like, you know, Back to the Future, you don't have to have a sequel to Back to the Future because yeah, yeah, that yeah. film ends on open-ended, but it's perfect, you know? Obviously, the sequel's great, but, like, you don't need that sequel, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I wonder what's going to happen. So, Me too. Yeah. But uh, some interesting details about what is going to happen. We have got the chapter title. So this film is no longer a four-part miniseries, but it is split into six chapters. So uh, I'm going to I'll read them for you now. So the first is called Don't Count On It, Batman, and then The Age of Heroes, and then Beloved Mother, Beloved Son, and then Change Machine, then All the King's Horses, and then Something Darker. What do you oh. think? <laughs> this is going to be really really um excited because this is such a different uh comic book um uh you know like usually comic book movies like they like uh, to hype up something like with trailers or with promotion but this this is so unique because is. is like he's giving out chapters that's like this feels like an experimental film thing you know like this yeah. feels like a pulp fiction technique or, uh, you know, like, you you know, they've, I've seen so many, like, Tarantino, obviously, is a d director who does chapters and really enjoys doing chapters. You know, think yeah. C City of God, like, the amount of films that I can think of that have chapters, it's not something I would expect to find in a comic book film, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. And the, the really cool thing about, like, um, like in comic books, uh, like, they have chapters um, to, to, you know, like, to start a new story or to continue the story, but this, this these chap these chapter titles they have like really interesting um uh things like interesting ideas like something darker at the end of like, right uh, that's interesting I in the in the in the fourth original Justice Street League trailer Bruce Wayne says. I had a dream it was the end of the world. I think it's something more, something darker. So I wonder if this final chapter will see, maybe this is where we see the nightmare vision. Maybe this is where the nightmare vision becomes true. There are so many ways this could go. I mean, think about the very first one, Don't Count On It Batman. That feels like like a classic comic book like, oh. you know, like, like the name of a comic book run, Don't Count on It, Batman. That sounds like so much fun. You know, The Age of Heroes, I mean, that seems like it's going to be the, the history lesson. Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. That could be a whole load of things, you know, Cyborg's Mother and Son, Superman Mother and Son, Batman, you know, Change Machine, where Superman comes back. There are so many possibilities, and I just, oh. I love how it's reinventing, you know, yeah. our notion of what the film would be. Yeah, and, um, 
and um, they also oh uh, yeah so with the chapters um, it it's it's so different which I love it so yeah um, yeah I can't wait to see those chapters be like oh my god this is this is crazy so um, yeah I cannot wait definitely definitely um, so yeah and then we have uh, two two teasers and um, that we got this week we got a Batman teaser and a Superman teaser um, I mean. Let's, right, we'll start off by talking about the Batman teaser. What do oh, you think? the Batman teaser. Oh, wow. Uh, this, the, that is, like, the, the one true Batman you see, like, he's standing on the Bat-Tank or something. Um, yes, it looks like it's the Bat-Tank. Straight out of uh, Dark Knight Returns from the comics. So, so out of that comic. And uh, I love it. And you can hear the voices that you hear. Um, yes. Well, this is... And you can hear Dark Side's Voice. Yes, Dark Side. Oh, Dark Side does God. say, "I will come for my great prize." I think it's super, super interesting that this isn't. Obviously, both of the teasers came with great music and great shots, but they're not focusing on spectacle. They're not focusing on action. For me, these two teasers. You know, we'll talk about Superman one in a bit, but but this Batman teaser is about the character development. You know, oh, one of my yeah. favorite lines is Alfred says, "Your guilt's overcome your reason." That sounds so interesting. You know, we're going to explore the fact that Batman, you know, spent a whole film going over the top and doing things that he would never have considered. And now we're bringing it back to the Batman that we know and love. You know, that there's just so many things that, that just make me so much more excited. I know that you'll love Lex Luthor says, if you want the Batman, here is something that can help you. That looks like it's a clear Deathstroke setup. Oh, yeah. De oh, Deathstroke. Oh, that's he's gonna... Um, <laughs> he did say that um, in the fanfest that uh, Deathstroke might be um, helping Batman or become allies in the Nightmare yeah, sequence. Yeah, I, 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 I do think that, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, that would be really cool. And then that could set up, like, I don't know, like, um, maybe, you know, like, there's going to be, like, a fight maybe somewhere in the DCEU in the future, uh, which I'm, you know... That would be great. We love yeah. we love Deathstroke here on the Amazon Film Deathstroke. I, I even got the Deathstroke comics. They're really cool. Oh, nice. Uh, Good. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, there are just so many really, really cool, like, lines. Like, there's a, a, an amazing one from Martian Manhunter where he says, I have a stake in this world and it's time I started fighting for it. Which is interesting. That kind of seems like it explains why he hasn't been, like, fighting in Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Obviously, General Swanwick is Martian Manhunter, we now know, and he is in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. But it's interesting, like, that now, like, you know, it... It seems like he has a he has a he has a reason why he didn't fight, um, and you know you got the Joker laugh in there. Diana said, "Hate is useless." There are just loads of cool things in the Batman teaser. But the most impactful for me was like hearing Dark Dark Side's voice. Yes, that is the most scariest thing that I've heard. It like, is terrifying. Oh, claim for my prize, but bro, this <laughs> is going to be so amazing. Yeah, I know what you mean it. It, it really does sound cool, and the end. You see Superman lifting Batman up to the rest of the league. You know Superman smiles at Batman. Batman smiles. It's it it it's wonderful. It really does look like you know, like the these are this is this is the Justice League. You know this is the comic book Justice League, and and we're coming back to that kind of part that you know, the original kind of comic book, the thing that everyone. The thing they've been building towards, you know, it isn't the characters who are unsure of themselves. You know, they are, they now know who they are, and they are heroes. I love it. Yeah, 
and I feel like um, Justice League, uh, sorry, the the, the Snyder Cut will be like, uh, well, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, there's so many names. Um, uh, I feel like this is going to be like the film that really explores uh, about superheroes and then like the, the full circle about like uh, the way they, um, they're helping each other or the way they want to help uh, humanity and uh, and it's going to be really unique because um, Cyborg's going to be the heart of the film and it's going to be interesting to see a character that we don't normally um, see a lot in movies or something like because I feel like he's left out a lot so it's going to be interesting to see that in like with uh, interacting with characters a lot more and with character developments and see how there's like a full circle and like seeing Batman getting pulled up with um, by Superman, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see to see that from uh, BBS. So yeah, yeah, it, it it does feel like the culmination of everything. It it it's just what it's what they promised all those years ago when they announced Justice League, when they announced Batman v Superman, when we knew that this was all building to something. It feels like this is exactly what they promised us, and that just makes me so happy. Yeah, so and I just, go yeah. on. No? Right. Okay, um, so let's talk about Superman teaser now. Um, so again, some really, uh, some really nice shot of Superman walking through the the old Kryptonian ship with a load of um, with a load of uh, suits coming out. You got the original Superman suit. You got some of like the space exploration ones. Looks really cool. But you know, as always, some really really cool lines. Um, the world is mourning, grieving over a symbol. That's uh, Martha says that. Um, Barry says uh, it's like they were afraid of him, um, which might be, you know, in reference to the nightmare scene or something. Bruce says, I made a promise on his grave. And one of the things that made me very excited was Jonathan Kent saying, fly, son, it's time. So this uh, seemingly uh, confirms, new, confirms new Jonathan Kent dialogue or scenes. And I love that. I think Jonathan Kent is one uh, of the best uh, parts yeah, of Man of Steel. I'll talk more about Jonathan Kent in the um, Man of Steel. Because yes. I feel like that he's the most impactful like, character to the film, but Superman as well. But I'll talk Definitely. about him. I, I love that, you know, it isn't as simple as... Justice League, where Superman comes back, is evil for two seconds, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna save the day. It's like, no, no, no. He he still has a journey to go on. You know, he says in this teaser, they wanted me back for a reason. I need to find out why. And that is really like, you know, that that, that really feels like, you know, Superman isn't, you know, he doesn't just come back and is like, all right, get straight back to it. He has, you know, there's still a dilemma within him, and that's good. You know, we love to see some some yeah. you know, Superman developed in new and interesting ways. Yeah, in a realistic way, because in the Justice League, yeah, yeah. yeah. The way it came out like, hey guys, it's me! Punch, punch, I, like, I like truth and justice. Woo! Woo! And I don't have that weird CGI. Wait, oh god, the um, moustache. Release the moustache cut, please. It's a moustache. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, He's like, I'm back from the dead. Oh, punch! But um, yeah, but like in the in this film, we see actually see like the characters like think about the way of like coming back from the dead, and this that's why really weird for them to like to come back from the dead and be like, um, you know, like hearing Jonathan Kent's voice saying "Fly, son," and you know that would be really. That, I think that would be a powerful scene. You know, yeah, like, we've got some. I mean, some real heart wrenching stuff coming our way. You know. 
Yeah. And I'm and very excited. Yeah, very excited. Um, I think today will be... Um, I think someone tweeted out uh, the character, you know, like character teasers. Yes. Uh, someone uh, tweeted out Aquaman, and it's got the oh, symbol. Cool. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, I, well, I wonder, because, you know, as it stands right now, as, as of the time we're recording this, we've got 12 days left. So... Are they going to do one every day? Like, that sounds really... Like, who, who are 12 characters they're going to use? Um, but who knows? I, I mean, if they are doing it day by day, you know, they've got four members of the Justice League left and then maybe, like, Darkseid and Steppenwolf. Who knows? Um, I just hope, as always, I hope they don't give away too much. You know, I want to... I don't want to see Green Lantern, if there is a Green Lantern. I don't want to see Martian Manhunter. You know, I want to be surprised by that stuff. I, I think he will, you, he will just show, like, the original members. I Hopefully. think because those... I think that I think they're just enough to you know like ev- to get everyone uh, to get interested or to see those characters that we see on the big screen or the small screen. Yeah, uh, it, it is it is a difficult one because it's like you know I see stuff and it gets me more excited, but at the same time I'm like ah ah. Um, but no, um, it, it's all very excited at the end of the day, even though I might be a little bit um, cautious about seeing everything. Yeah, I, I am a little, um, uh, the one quote, um, from the video game, um, it says, keep your expect- expectations low, you'll be, um, much happier. Because well, right, that, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're about to keep talk about one, um, but listen, this is Zack Snyder, so, um, I'll keep my expectations, uh, in the middle, because, you yes. know, this is going to be a four hour I film. think that's a good idea, I mean, think about, we're about to talk about one division. I mean, if you've been on Twitter, you'll know that the fans had their expectations very high. I mean, we we had our expectations high because you know this 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 is what um like the episodes that we saw, and it was going directing well, like that. We well, got, that's oh, a that's a good kind of jumping off point. Let's let's talk about one division, shall we? No, please, I'm going to talk more. <laughs> We've got to do it, John. We have an obligation. We made an oath. We swore on the on on a on a picture of the queen. That's a, <laughs> that's a reference to the queen. Okay. Okay. Sorry for that audio. Oh yeah, the audio. Sorry for the audio. If you're hearing like this weird Skype thing, I, the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so. we we got a comment last time. Oh, th- thank you for a thousand views on the three hundred video, by the way. Yeah, um, for the hundred, that is insane. It really is. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, we did get a comment saying that you know the audio's a bit void. I've turned you down a little bit to see if it gets better, but yeah, but, you know, but like down. we'll start off simply. What did you think of the One Division episode? <laughs> okay, uh, where do I begin? Well, I want I want to just say to you, remember when Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy were all characters. When they had, like, anything to do in the plot. Remember that? <laughs> like, I just want to say, like, this this episode oh, totally eradicated the need for Monica, Jimmy, um, Darcy, um, Hayward. Like, half the characters who weren't, like, part of Westview were just not relevant in this episode. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, those were the days when we thought they were just um, standing characters. But no! No, no, no. Well, I thought they could be something to add in. I mean, Jimmy Woo, Darcy, and and Monica, and uh, yeah, and um, it feels like they were just, they they had Monica in there for the sole purpose of setting up Captain Marvel two. 
yeah, it just felt like that they were like, okay, so we're doing, we're, we're going to have her in it just for this, you know, she'll get her superpowers and then she can set up, you know, mid credit scene, we'll have a scroll in there, you know, blah de blah blah It really yeah. just felt like that they were just like, um, here you go, I guess, because it wasn't, like, their role didn't, there wasn't any, like, maybe they had a little bit of action, you know, Darcy got to, got to hit Hayward with a bus, um, yeah. which isn't as satisfying as it sounds. Yeah, um, it's, it's... But it, it, it was set, it, it felt like that they could have had a huge impact on the characters, you know? Like, it, I mean, I could just list off all the reasons why it would have been better if Wanda was the villain, but I yeah. mean... Yeah, it would have been so much better. Yes. Uh, but, like, the, the direction it was taking, it was definitely telling us that Wanda's going to be the vision. But, oh no! Agatha Harkness comes out and going, ah, it was me all along! Yes. And yeah. Agatha, she's, I, she's such a... I, I, I don't... Okay, so... She's such a one-note villain. Like the, character. the character is not really impactful. No. She's just there, like, eh, 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 I'm going to take a look at your powers. <laughs> and then she just becomes the, the, a regular civilian... Uh, at the end, she's like... a, the, the thing. The thing that I felt is that Agatha is a plot device. She's a catalyst that makes Wanda reveal her true potential. You know, but she doesn't. She doesn't really challenge Wanda's like views. She doesn't make Wanda question herself. You know, not really. Wanda already had that kind of internal conflict about hurting the people, but that was more realized through Vision than it was through Agatha. Agatha really was just there to have a little bit of action you know, and make Wanda, you know, have her new outfit and stuff. I thought the new outfit was fine, by the way. Yeah, the outfit's okay. It's not that um, amazing, but, I mean, it was just wanted to say... Oh, and another... Yeah, another thing, uh, link back to that uh, to that costume is that um, uh, the, the episode where um, they were ready, getting ready for ha- Halloween, Wanda was uh, dressed like that, and uh, I thought, oh, they might be not using that because you know that could be like for the um like an episode for fun you know like yes well yeah, they, they like, i think we said in, in our in our like review uh, a few weeks ago like they were like oh this is so ridiculous and i was kind of like oh don't make fun of it like embrace it and i think they did kind of embrace it but i would have preferred a more red i think the design of it looks good i, I would have preferred it if it was like like smacking your face red like spider-man or something be like boom it's red like yeah. you know yeah like, i would have much preferred that it, but. It, it looks it looks good i mean it looks uh, i think it's just it is perfect for the character but it looks good um, yes so, I, I, yeah. I must say i much prefer the white vision i think the white vision um looks really cool yeah the white vision is really cool um but yeah i was i was just let down with everything that was leading up to because um, uh, th- th- there was the most dis- there was the most disappointing scene I've seen in TV history. It was um, no, 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 not the worst. Sorry, um, <laughs> th- there's other worst. It was scene. definitely up there. I know which one you're talking about. Are you about to reference Mr. Ralph Boner? Y- y- yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay, like fair enough. Everyone did think that it was going to be Quicksilver from the X Men universe, but they specifically 
like made such a big deal of his inclusion. You know, they had Evan Peters walk in and it was a huge moment and they ended the, the episode specifically on that cliffhanger. It just felt like they were baiting us, kind of like in Far From Home where they put the multiverse in the trailer. So everyone thought there'd be a multiverse, but it was just all a fake out, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like they're just doing the joke and the joke again. It's just, it, it's just, it's just game boring, right? Well, it's yeah, just game- it was... The whole thing yeah. was, was very strange, you know, it was another, like, Monica didn't do anything in the episode, it was just her and Ralph, just kind of there, just like, oh. oh. And another thing um, that I didn't really like is that um, somehow Wanda um, just goes, oh, everything's okay, oh, let's go back home and, and let's put Westview back to normal. Yeah. And then... And then it didn't really impact her. I thought that would be really devastating for her because the children... Oh, yeah, the children are gone. Uh, and one, uh, Vision, the Vision that uh, she, she's she been living with and she, she created, I thought that would be a really um, uh, massive impact because, you know, like, there could be, like, one scene where Wanda just loses her mind and then that could have, like, destroyed Westview or something, because that would be, like, set up for the villain. I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting, because she obviously tries to close Westview once, and then Agatha's like, ah, you do that, you're going to kill your family, and she doesn't do it. And then later on in the episode, she's just like, oh, well, I guess I can kill them now. It it felt so random. But I will say, I did really like that final scene. I thought it was, like, I do not care for the kids, um, but I thought it was very well done how they said goodnight to them and said goodbye. Yeah, and then yeah. how in Vision's final moments, he said, who am I? And she's like, you are exactly who you need to be, you know, and I love you. And I thought that was great. But that's the perfect way to, to end Vision in the MCU. But now you've got this white Vision who is just out there. Like, it feels so random that they give Vision such a perfect ending. And then yeah. have this other Vision, still by play, played by Paul Bettany, still having the exact same memories, different look, but same memories, pretty much same person. <laughs> same look, uh, different look, but same memories. Yeah, um, it's like, it's like, well, why, why have you done this, like, really emotional scene where Vision goes and then have a, another random Vision out there? The white Vision made no sense. He was just something for Vision to fight. I did like the scene where he was like, ah, but think about this intellectually. And, and White Vision was like, oh my God. Yeah, uh, the the, 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 the atheist? Yeah, the something like that. I thought that was interesting and it makes sense for the character. But he was only there to provide some action. And it didn't... Like, action can be great when the action yeah. has an impact on the plot, yeah. you know? And I, I another thing, guys, uh, a cool thing that I thought about um, that the season finale was like, what is like uh, vision was like um re- like um in, in, him uh, enforcing himself to get out the force uh, get out the hex and it just like destroyed like um like the way that she was living because I thought that would be really impactful because like uh, you know like uh, when vision was like really angry at wonder for like um for doing this in uh episode for when Quicksilver came in for the yes. cameo. Ha <laughs> ha <laughs> Boner. <laughs> and uh, I thought that would be really a cool thing that to do, but it's just not there because it's the season finale and we've all seen it. But, you know, that could be a really cool moment, but no. Like, yeah, it, it, it just felt like a whole load of action, you know. Yeah. Ag- yeah, Agatha I- being like, ha ha ha, 
you can't kill these people, and then it just being like, oh, well, she used the rune thing. The rune yeah. thing was so random as well. It's like, it's like they were trying to do something really clever from before, but the rune thing was, like, one moment. It wasn't a recurring thing. It didn't even, like, really, like, you know, impact Wanda that much. I wouldn't even remember the runes if it wasn't in the um, the, the season yeah. re- recap I, at the beginning. I, I didn't even remember the, the runes, because I think, you know, like, there got, there's got to be, like, uh, MacGuffin somewhere in... Um, in the the TV show, because you know, like that could really surprise us. Like you know, like um, a moment that we could think about, like oh, what if one does this or does that? Um, but no, we did not remember the runes because the runes was not that interesting. Yeah, it, it, it felt like they they wanted the emotional core to be with Wanda and Agatha, but it really wasn't. You know, and everything else wasn't like they had Hayward and the sword people coming out for like a a two second obstacle. Like, uh, and at the end, I don't understand why will Hay- why will Hayward get arrested? He is the head of Sword, which is an established government facility. You know, he's fine. You know, he, he like there's no reason why he'll be incarcerated. If anything, Darcy will be the one incarcerated for trying to hit him with a. A bus, you know, you can say, oh yeah, he fired, he tried to shoot children, but A, they're not actually real children, and two, there's no evidence that he did that, you know? I don't understand his character at all. In the long run, he does nothing but tell everyone that they're wrong and create white vision, you know, which could have been filled by any other character, you know? He just felt like he had such little impact, and it was so... Like, the ending was like, like uh, I almost swore then, like a terrible version of The Incredibles. You know? Like, oh yeah, the family teams up to fight, like, something bigger than them, but they weren't even that good at it, you know? Like, it just feels like The Incredibles without any kind of setup. Yeah, and I feel like, um, the, um, uh, but, like, with the team up, I feel like that's just completely waste, wasted, because, like, the, the, the cool things they would have done is, like, what if, like, Fixover was free from Agatha and not being <laughs> Ralph Boner? <laughs> comedy. Oh, comedy. Uh, yeah, so that would be a really cool one to have, like, Quicksilver team up with the with the Chosen to uh, fight up against Sword. But Sword was, like, that, that, that there was, like, 15 people there. Yeah, exactly. It's like Quicksilver. In Wanda's eyes, Quicksilver is her brother. She doesn't know that it's just some random guy. So, like, why doesn't she care as well? She doesn't say a single thing. She doesn't, like, even be like, oh, hey, I wonder where Pietro went. Oh well, she doesn't care at all, and it, it that doesn't that didn't make any sense to me. It it his character just felt like he was thrown in there because they wanted to leave the Agatha reveal until like episode seven, and so like who are we gonna have? Well, let's have Quicksilver. Oh, we can't get the original actor back. Okay, let's say it's just some random guy being you know controlled by Agatha. Oh great, you know it. I, it just none of it makes sense to me. It just it just feels. So ham-fisted and formulaic and boring, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, um... What do yeah. you think of the two end credit scenes? Um... Okay, the first one, I wasn't too excited for because, oh, it, it's it's a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> they did the exact same thing they did in Far From Home. Just being like, oh, a scroll, that's... You like that, right? I was so surprised that I was so expecting Doctor Strange to show up. Yeah, like, I was. I, I was especially because that could have been like a really, really good uh, way to um, 
to continue that from one division to Doctor Strange, but no. Yeah, I, I was like, especially in the second one, I was like, oh, she's in the mountains. Oh, she's in a cabin. Doctor Strange has got like this makes so much sense, and he she, he wasn't there. Like, yeah, she was reading in her astral projection. They played a little bit of the Doctor Strange music. It of I guess the kids are trapped inside her or something. It, it kind of felt like you know it it. It left the doors open for her being a villain, but I just was so confused why Marvel wouldn't take that chance, because I totally expect them to take a chance to set something in the future up, but hey, I kind of respect them for not doing it. Yeah, I, yeah, um, but okay, so as a series, it's not very, it, it's not very entertaining or, or something to watch, like worth watching your time, unless you're just, um, Watching it for Doctor Strange 2 or, I don't know, for other... Yeah. What would uh, you... Final series tally, what would you give the series out of 10? A 4. A 4, right, okay. Um, I'm going to go 5 or 6 because at the end of the day, I could just switch my brain off and watch it and find some level of enjoyment out of it. But from a critical perspective, I think I would agree with you, a 4 or a 5. Yeah, uh, it's just um, it's just like the the direction it takes. I mean, it it does have great stuff in it, like the moments where um, Wanda gets mad at um, Monica saying, "Oh, Ultron didn't." Uh, well, yeah, didn't, I think episode yeah. episodes three, four, and five were so good, and I think if they if all the other episodes had been that quality, like I think the end of episode nine was like similar, like like when you know. Westview closed and 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 Wonder and Vision said goodbye. That was as good as episodes three, four, and five. I just wish everything else was that quality too. Um, uh, another thing that really um, bugged me was, um, you know, when Haywood uh, Haywood uh, said that um, that that oh Wonder uh, took Vision's um, body and yes. uh, reanimated him, but no, she. Um, she created vision from her mind. So yeah, it was such a it, it's such a strange lie. I don't understand why. Yeah. Like I think I, I guess I, they, I, they wanted I, that. I'm just gonna blame the writers for that because they could have some something like really um, unique here because you know like in episode the end of episode four I believe when Monica gets kicked out. Uh, yes. I don't know. Um, we see uh, vision as a dead body or something because that could be really cool because yeah that Wanda was something that, that was something that really went nowhere yeah like controlling vision's dead body because that could be messed up messed up yeah it, but it, it wasn't and no. it, it feels like hayward was literally just there to bring in white vision a character who again didn't do anything it it just feels so weird that they that they, they made all these things to, to make us, like, excited for the next... It feels like every episode was only there to make you excited for the next one until the finale when they were like, oh, God, we need to tie this together. Uh, uh, and they just threw out a load of action and CGI spectacle with one good scene. And, um, another thing they could have done with White Vision is that um, they could have had Ultron. Yeah, they, they could have brought in, like, a whole, like, you know, slew of things to kind of, you know... Like Ultron has a connection to to Wanda, it would make sense that they would, you know, have a that, kind of bit of. But that'd be a really cool thing to like to torment her, like definitely. Um, yeah, like um, like um, something to bring back to the past, and um, 
yeah so um that could have been a really cool thing but they just decided to use the formula uh, formula again for something that isn't really worth watching or something to um to be excited about and uh, i was telling my dad about about one division and he was like oh really well uh, the first uh, the first two couple episodes uh, it was slow and uh, but leading up to three and four it was very interesting to see what was going on but then from there when uh, agatha revealed that she was the villain all along that's when the series um decided to take um um a downfall from that and uh and it was just it's just not a really fun thing to watch i believe but here's here's hoping and i do really hope that falcon and winter soldier is really good because yeah. I can't take another one division, you know. I can't do it where they give me something really interesting and then they make it great, and then it just falls so far. And I'm like, oh well, what 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 have you done, you know? Yeah, and I feel like um, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I hope it does take a different approach, but I feel like it's going to be like a buddy cop thing. I don't know. Um, here's 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 hoping. Here's hoping, but. Um, yeah, which, which is coming out days before Snyder Cut? Or? It, it's, it's the day after. Day after. Yeah, right. so the, the, we actually have an episode coming that weekend, but we're not going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to uh, talk about the Snyder Cut the whole time. Yeah, but, we're going to um, talk. There's going to be a whole yeah, definitely dedicating to that. So, um, um, so tune in for that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry for sounding really sad, because this is just like, a show that could have done. Really, well, hey, really look, there's a there's a playlist on our channel where we talk where, where with all the One Division reviews. And if you go in, you know, and watch all of our reviews, you see us get like less and less, more and more, and then less and less and less excited until here, where we're basically just crying for twenty minutes. But John, yeah. John, it's okay. You know why it's okay? What? Why? Because we can talk about Man of Steel now. Yeah, we can talk let's about do Man it. of Steel. Let's go, Man of oh. Steel. Ah, I love this film. I love this it film, so much. Let me, let me tell you, this film is one of the best comic book films I have seen in my life. I love it. The, the music, the school, like, like the acting and everything that Zack Zag Snyder does with like the characters and made them so impactful with like everything that was going on. Like you can also feel emotions with like Zod as well because you can understand why he wanted to create Krypton. And uh, and in his in his intentions as well, and you understand uh, Superman, and uh, it's just it's just well done, uh, and there's some really uh, powerful scenes, especially from Superman and Jonathan Kent, and we will be talking about Jonathan Kent and why it's like the most impactful thing for the um, story of uh, the narrative was, uh, of Superman, uh, Man of Steel. Sorry, it feels <laughs> yeah. like the perfect way to bring Superman into the modern era. It doesn't do what, let's say, like, Amazing Spider-Man does. It doesn't try and, like, change, you know, the character. It puts the character in a new situation. You know, what if on Superman's first day he had to deal with the government, you know, aliens, like, whilst he's still trying to figure out who he is? And I think, you know, you get much more into the political side of it when it comes to Batman v Superman, obviously. But I think it's a really nuanced way to kind of pull back the curtain and be like, you know, what if the Man of Steel 
wants to be just a man, you know, like, what, what if his struggle is that he doesn't want to be the god, if the, you know, in Superman, the movie, 1978, you know, Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude, he, he spends years learning about, you know, himself, who he is, and then he's just, bam, he's Superman, he's like, okay, great, let's fly away and save people, which is cool, that works for that film, but I think it's interesting that this film is immediately like, well, no, maybe Superman doesn't want to be Superman, maybe he just wants to know who he is, and then live his life on his own terms, instead of helping people and saving people, you know, he, he has this kind of whole um, journey throughout the film, where, you know, he, he he's stuck between two worlds, you know, is he Kal-El, is, is he Jonathan, Clark Kent, is he, is he Kal-El or is he Clark Kent, and at the end he has to make that choice. Yeah, and, um, and it's really, uh, different because, um, yeah, it's about, like, uh, a man, uh, well, um, Kal-El being on Earth and, and um and it it, it really um really portrays like the the uh, like uh, Lois Lane and Daily Planet like um concerned about Superman and I feel like that's the most realistic thing about the film about like seeing Superman as a god and uh, seeing him, what 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 can you do and that that works uh, leads to uh, sorry that works really well because it it leads up to BBS. And, um, and like the media is like the main antagonist for the film, but as well as like Luther for BBS, but, um, and, um, which works really well. And, um, uh, and it's learning about Superman, like what does he want to do? Like he, um, he learns about his father, um, uh, his father's steps and the way that he didn't want earth to be, like Krypton, or, and he wants kal to be greater than the people in Krypton because it was, like, a bit corrupted or... Yeah, uh, they, they show yeah. Krypton as what it is. It's not a good place, you know. It, from the beginning of the film, you see the crypt, Krypton, kind of similar to Earth, Krypton is muddled by bureaucrats, you know, whilst, whilst Jor-El tells them the simple truth... Guys, we are going to die. They're like, what, what, what are you talking about? I'm not going to die. I'm going to be fine. Like, you know, like, even when Zod, you know, takes them by force, they're like, oh, just put them in the penis ships. Those ships look like penis. I'm sorry. Um, but, like, it's interesting in, in Superman 4. I don't know if you've seen Superman 4, but I haven't. But I know that when, he, when, when Superman, there's a scene where Superman goes to the, to the, um, Fortress of Solitude, and then he speaks to the to the Council of Krypton. You know, in those films, they, Krypton is isn't a bad place. Whereas it's interesting that you know, Superman. It, there's so many interesting con like okay, so Superman is the first natural birth. You know, and you know, Krypton are so you see this through Zod. They are so obsessed with blood purity, and you know, this kind of like this um, perfect race, they kind of draw parallels to the Nazis in that kind of way. Um, and it's and it's really interesting that, that Superman, you know, there's a really great quote from Jor-El that goes something like, what if a child wanted to be something more than what society intended of him? What if what if a child wanted to be something greater, you know? You know, um, Zod, he even says, you know, I was bred to be a warrior from day one, you know, what do you have? And, and, and Clark shows that he has, you know, the kind of, the humanity and the passion that you need. You know, the film isn't called Superman, it's called Man of Steel, because at the end of the day, you know, it's about a man who goes through, like, struggles of a human, you know? Yeah, and, um, 
And um, so moving on to um, Jonathan Ken, um, I really think that he's like the most impactful uh, because like the way he um, teaches um, Kalau, uh, teaches Clark about the way of like living on Earth, and um, and it's really a, a interesting juxtaposition because um, on Krypton, uh, if he lived on Krypton and if it wasn't exploded, he would have. Um, been uh, a little bit different, you know, uh, the way because it was corrupted, uh, or um, the way it, it was like living, the way that you first live in there, um, like it didn't give out like a lot of lessons, but like the way that Jonathan Kent did, um, he gave out lessons, um, like taught uh, Clark how to be. Um, hero or how to be someone who is um worth living and the most uh, the most emotional scene i i really think is that when um he um how uh, he wants uh clark uh to have his identity to be uh, private and uh, uh when that tornado scene um yeah so he he wants to protect clark and he just said no just stay there and that really teared me up i was like wow that's it, just a, a real hero right there because it, he wants it to is. He, he's at the center of you know jor-el says clark you can be this ideal that the people of earth strive towards you know you can be a symbol you know that yeah. they can one day join you in the sun and and jonathan kent is like you can you shouldn't he, he, similarly he's like you should you shouldn't be wasting your you know your gifts on things like you know just some things as simple as, obviously, in the end, Superman, you know, does save people, but it's not It's not as simple as just, like, saving one man or, you know, beating up bullies who beat you or, like, you know, saving a load of school kids. It's not that simple. It, you know, you can't... You, you shouldn't just be that. You know, you have a purpose. You know, Jonathan Kent believes that the, the, the Superman has a purpose here and that... And obviously, when Zod comes, you know he he he's kind of forced into this perspective, and in that moment, a lot of people have criticisms of the whole tornado thing. You know, they think you know if Jonathan Kent has a heart attack, it's the one thing that Superman can't save, which are, that makes sense, you know, in the classic kind of version. But I really yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate how in this version, you know, you know. Jonathan is like, listen, what is important right now is that you save these people and I will, I'll go get the dog and you save your mom. You, you help everyone else. And he does. Yeah. And then in that final moment, obviously the dog's fine. Thank God. Um, but you know, Jonathan looks at him and, 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 and Clark steps forward. Like I can save you, you know, I can do yeah. this. And, and, and Jonathan, it's, it's, it, 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 it's so beautiful how he just puts his hand up and he's like, no, it's not, you know, I'm not important not, enough. You know, you yeah. have to keep your identity hidden until the moment when you can come forth. You know, until the moment when the world needs you. Not the but not the bus of school kids. Not your own. You know, ego to beat up the bullies. Not to save me. You need to wait until the world needs you. Where the world is at the position, and then the point when there is at the position. My favorite moment, maybe in any superhero film ever, and I'm gonna. I like I've tried to explain this to people, and and sometimes I've ended up crying because I love it so much. Is okay, the, okay, that, that, <laughs> let's take it baby steps. Okay, Tom. At, at the end, <laughs> at the end, right when S S Clark and Martha are walking in the graveyard, right, and yeah. and 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 Martha says he would have been so proud of you, 
and 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 Hans Zimmer starts to play the Man of Steel theme. You know, the simple piano, like absolutely beautiful motif. Oh, and, and Clark and says, then, oh, Clark says, oh, I, I just wish, like, he just says, yeah. I, I just wish he would have, he could have saw it. And and Martha says. He saw it, Clark. And then it cuts to, to young Clark with a bloody, like, uh, like, a, like a cape around his neck and he puts his hands on his hips and he has the classic Superman pose. And, and in that moment, Jonathan sees his little boy and he thinks to himself, this kid will accomplish wonders. And the music, oh my Are you god. You're tearing me up, man. You're tearing me I up. I am so, it, it, it's so emotional. And I, I think that this, this film yeah, brings yeah. the emotions Most incredibly well. It's well. Um, uh, like, that is such a classic comic book moment. I, I don't know, it's just the score and uh, the way it's slow motion and, like, it, it, I think it also references, like, uh, that, that dog, you know, like, the the dog that could be, like, um, a superhero dog. What was it? Super crypto, dog? Crypto, crypto. That, that'd be a cool reference. Yeah. But, um, um, and, well, it's obviously everyone has their own like interpretations, you know, and then many people think that Man of Steel isn't what Superman should be. But, you know, I, I do think that in this film he embodies hope and he embodies, you know, having a purpose, you know. Yeah, and, and, and when Lois says, oh, uh, that S, what, what does it stand for? And it's like, oh, uh, on my planet it, it stands for hope. And and she said, oh, that, that stands for uh, NS for something, and that's really um, uh, also a really good scene. Like Superman explaining about the S symbol and the way um, it links to like the character and of Superman. Because a lot of people were criticizing it about like, oh, can Superman be a bit more lively? Can he be a bit more? Um, I don't know, like, what he did in the comics. But, but Zack Snyder here, I think he wanted to have it on a realistic scale. I keep saying realistic because he does it really well. Yes, and, he does. And he, um, he thinks about the character carefully in in these scenes. And there was a lot of criticism about uh, the fight in Metropolis. Mm. And uh, But that that is supposed to be um, really interesting to watch because... And um, because you can see like Sard and um, trying to use um, trying to use for that his suit. Well, that's well, that's Superman Day One as well. You know, he yeah. hasn't he's he doesn't have any experience at this point. I think yeah. it's interesting that you, you speak about the the scene with you know he where he explains the symbol of hope. You know, he he, he presents himself to the people of of, of Earth. You know, as this godlike, you know, people criticize like, oh my god, it's all like Jesus imagery, and it's like, well, what he's doing in this in these moments is he's presenting himself as this as this savior, and obviously in Batman v Superman, you see that he doesn't want to be the savior, and that's a really interesting thing, but uh, ultimately yeah. a, a conversation for another day. Um, but it's interesting how you know, like, so there's that amazing shot where all the army have their guns trained on him, and the camera pans up to the red boots and the, and and the cape blowing in the wind. And then it cuts to Superman, a low angle shot, you know, he's so powerful and you see the sun behind him and, and, and he's just like, you know, listen, I want to speak to Lois. I know you've got here. Don't toy with me. I'm like, you know, it, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be Superman, but he, he gives, he makes, gives himself this presence. You know, he lets the people of earth handcuff him so they feel safe. And, and, and he, and he tells it to them as it is, you know, there's, there's, there's the really wonderful, um, you know, moment where he goes to the priest you know, in the church, and, oh, and, and, yeah. and he's like, I don't know what to do, and the priest is like, listen, 
I could not tell you what to do, but you should take a leap of faith, you know? It's like Spider-Verse, you know? It's, you don't know when you're ready. It's a leap of faith. Then the trust part comes later. And I think that is really, really wonderful. An amazing moment where, where, where Superman says to Lois, thank you. And she says, for what? And he says, for believing in me. And she said, it doesn't make, didn't make much difference in the end. And he said, it did to me. I think, like, you know, on a similar note, Lois Lane's character is such a good, you know, way of, of like, the third kind of perspective. You've got Jor-El, who says you should be the symbol to humanity. Um, you know, Jonathan Kent, who's also like, you shouldn't be out there with this. You should lead, you know, you shouldn't be Clark Kent up there. You need to be the symbol. And, and, and Lois Lane being like, you, you can literally, you know, you should be, and people can, I can tell your story and, and, and let it be known you know, that you're out there and you're here to help. And I think the journey of Superman, you know, like, learning to be Superman is what makes this film, and Batman v Superman, and presumably Justice League, is what makes it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so, and seeing, like, a character who really started off, like, in the DC Comics, um, and... And I think Zack did, like, a really interesting, like, move to have Superman, like, the star of the DCEU and to have him, like, the epicenter of everything that, um, yet to come for the Snyder Cut and, um, and, yeah, and it's just, like, a perfect example, example of how to create, uh, like, to do something well. Man of Steel does that really well and, um, and it's such it's such a good film, like with the score, um, and the, the the performance from um, uh, Henry Cavill. Oh, I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, so like, um, he just makes it so believable to be like uh, Superman because it, it, it is really hard to um, to have like uh, like an idea that you're like. Uh, that have these powers, but he does it really well. You know, like uh, in behind the scenes, he he does workouts and um, he does like screen screen, and it, oh, I think that's really is, hard for actors. He, he is extremely <laughs> buff in those films. It's very satisfying to see, I must say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, Henry Cavill. He he does so well at you know presenting himself as you know a struggling you know person who doesn't know who he is, and also like presenting himself as hum a Superman to humanity. You know. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's wonderful. The, the whole film, I think, it's beautiful that the film starts with Superman's birth. You know, you know, and that's kind of you know that's that's what it's all about. You know, like this this very like you know like uh, emotional like moment. You know, this kind of like very uh, you know birth birth is a very you know like personal kind of moment for for you know the family uh, and 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 the fact that you know it's done in such a like a tender way, you know, with Superman being born and, and the music, as you said, the music, you know, starts off slow and then it, uh, as soon as Superman's born, it, it crescendos and then it introduces Krypton and, you know, gets going with the plot. But the fact that it starts at such a slow, beautiful moment is just, I love it. Yeah. And the, mo the moment that, um, my favorite scene, uh, also like, uh, the ending scene of like young Clark and, um, uh, Jonathan and Martha seeing them like having a great time. But my favorite scene was when um, Joe out or like uh, when um, Clark uh, was getting ready to fly. Oh, like man. moment. That what was a so, scene. That is so good. So um, yeah. Uh, oh, there, there's so much stuff to like to talk about. 
Um, and uh, another thing that I'll talk about next week is uh, for BBS is the um, the mirroring between um, Batman v Superman as uh, Man of Steel. It's really interesting to see how um, you can see the um, juxtaposition between them, and it's really really um, clever how how um, Zack Snyder thought of them and thought, yeah, th- let's do that because um, that could be a really interesting way of like showing us. Uh, and Krypton, but like um, the way that he did is just really well, and it just works beautifully. Yeah. Uh, um, well, let's talk about Zod. Let's talk about the villains in this film. Yes. Um, uh, so Zod. Um, also, uh, I think he's one of the best uh, villains because he had uh, intentions because he he wanted to have um, Krypton back because that was his home. And, uh, Definitely, you see that he feels so strongly about it. I think it's 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 a very good idea to you know establish him at the beginning. You know, a man who you know he's right. He has reason to believe what he does, but he goes a bit too far with his blood purity and doing things like killing Jor El. Um, but but at the end of the day, you know, he 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 just wants his home back. There's a very very amazing moment where you see Zod kind of snap like he he tries to reason with Clark so many times throughout the film. They have fights and stuff, but he does, you know, he wants to to re and there's the moment in in the ship where where you know, he says if you destroy the ship, you destroy Krypton and and Clark says Krypton had its chance before choosing Earth over Krypton and destroying you know the the cradle um and and I think that is the moment where you know Zod loses it. I think he has... Michael Shannon brings an incredible presence to the screen. You really get the feeling that he is this, you know, like, force to be reckoned with. There's a moment at the end, before they have the final fight, where he takes some dust in his hand and he just says so quietly, look at this. You know, we could have rebuilt Krypton and you chose this, you know, they, you know this this ball of mud over, over what could have been a great society, you know, and... I, I, I think I think he's done so well. He has a physical he, he, presence. He did a phenomenal job, um, Michael Shannon, and uh, and he did the he did the role really well. Um, and he did like a way of like um, uh, I don't know. He just like what you said. He does have like a strong presence, but I feel like he has that um, the way that he uh, brings on screen. Um, a way that you understand the character, but he has different intentions, and uh, you feel like you feel sorry for him. But like, I don't know how it's hard to explain, but um, you, you know what I mean. Like he um, he he wants to uh, resolve conflict between um, uh, with um, with with Clark, and um, just to understand why uh, he wants to have this world uh, like Earth. But then you you understand both of the characters. Like Clark wants to keep humanity, he wants to save humanity, while um, Zod wants to save Krypton and its people. So yeah. you can see pairing so well, and it's just really well. Definitely, really- and and they introduce him so well. You know, the first time you see him um, before the like since the. Um, the opening uh, on Krypton is, you know, he takes over all the screens with the whole you are not alone message and it's pretty terrifying, you know? Like, the fact, yeah. that, the fact that he shuts everything down and to everyone on Earth, he is like, hey, 
you know, like, you're not alone, and we're gonna, you know, like, if this guy doesn't present himself to us, you know, we're gonna come with reckoning force, um, and they do, I mean, let's talk about the, the final fight in Metropolis, the much controversial final fight in Metropolis. Yeah, I feel like that is, um, the fight that, uh, everyone was critiquing, uh, critiquing her, um, yeah, like, the fight between, um, Saad and Superman as well, and, um, yeah, it's just really interesting to see that, um, yeah, what do you think? Well, I, I think, um, I think on its own, the criticisms are valid, you know, they do destroy a whole city, fair enough, um, I think they, they, they take that concept, and they really, really, like, they make it so much better in Batman v Superman, they make it a literal point that, hold on, Superman has read a whole city, this dude is dangerous, and you know, he yeah. has to be, he has to abide by rules, um, which obviously we'll talk about next week. Um, I think that, I think, especially towards the end, it does get a little bit over action, and I'm a little bit like, okay, you cut out a couple minutes of this, and I, you know, it wouldn't, there's a lot of, you know, people trying to, you know, it's two unbreakable beings trying to break each other unbreakable objects, I get it. What I really appreciate um, about, you know, the Smallville scene, the Metropolis scenes, is that Superman, you know, well, not, okay, Zack, really, Zack shows the people on the ground, you know, you've got Perry White, Jenny Olsen, the other guy <laughs> whose name I forget, but the, the workers of the Daily Planet, you know, they see the world engine, they see the they see they see the, they see the catastrophic events it has, and they're all running out of the buildings, and everyone's running as it all like you feel like you're part of it. You know, it feels more like okay, so Avengers Assemble, where like they cut to people being saved or people in danger, unlike Infinity War, where there isn't like a single person in peril. You know, like obviously the the main characters are in peril, but it doesn't feel like they're saving anyone, acting as heroes. Whereas in Man of Steel, you really feel like a really really powerful moment is where Superman is he's in the Indian Ocean and he's in the middle of the beam in the um, world engine and he raises his fist and he's got like the, and like you know like there's so much energy like going into him and he's shaking and and the score is swelling and meanwhile in Metropolis um, you know Jenny Olsen is stuck under the debris and, and Perry's looking at her like I can't lift you I think we're gonna die and they look at each other and Superman like has to like smash it and destroy it all and I, I think you really understand the, the stakes, you know. Zack says that, what, 5,000 people died in Metropolis. And I think you really feel that. It It's not... It, I don't think it's supposed to be a good feeling. You know, Superman saves the day, but obviously, you know, it's not... You know, he, on his first day, he has to make that decision. He has to learn what lives are worth by, you know, the sacrifice of so many and obviously the death of Zod. I mean, like, the death of Zod at the end is another real controversial moment. Um, I think that people are like, oh, well, he could have done anything. He doesn't have to snap his neck. But I think it's about what it represents, the fact that Zod isn't going to stop and that, that Clark has to make, you know, he has to choose Krypton or or Earth, you know. He's already destroyed what's left of Krypton and he has to make the final decision to kill Zod. Yeah. Uh, that was a long explanation. I wish... <laughs> Thank you. I, could, I, I want to give out more, but you, you did it really well, man. Um... I apologise. Uh, no, 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 it's just like, and it, it's really passionate that we were talking about Zack Snyder, and uh, I, I feel like that, um, that's really fun to talk about, like, Zack Snyder's films, and, um, yeah, it's just, like, really interesting to talk about, like, the way he does, like, um, to these characters, and about, like, 
Superman saving the day, but also he sacrificed one of his uh, people that survived. Um, yeah, definitely. Like you know. Yeah, and um, and uh, I feel like Man of Steel is like also misunderstood because a lot of people are critic criti- uh, crit- uh, critiquing the wrong things. Like yeah, definitely. Oh, the, the the fight scene. Oh no, Superman's not that strong. Oh, he's just like that. But it's just think about thinking things logically and thinking th- what the director uh, wants to have like Zach he he wants to have the characters uh, to be impactful to um, make you think about the the, the way um, their intention and oh pardon me um, he wanted to deliver it so well and um, and the score and uh, the cinematography I it's just it's just so good, and um, and I just don't get why a lot of people just hate Zack Snyder's films. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you know every scene, every moment has a you know has a meaning behind it, and it all comes to this point where Superman doesn't feel like he belongs. You know, he's constantly picked on people as a kid, and even there's an amazing moment in the bar where the where the, you know he's telling the guy to leave, and the, and then he the guy pushes him, and Superman's like a brick wall. He doesn't move at all, and the guy's like up. Oh, and then he, you know, he, you know, he obviously smashes up his truck and, and he spends the whole film like not knowing. And I love how, you know, the final lines of the film are welcome to the planet. Glad to be here, Lois. Like he finally feels like he belongs in something. And obviously that's not how life works. And Batman v Superman yeah. goes to show that he might feels like he belongs on earth and that that is his world. But obviously the people of earth do not think that he deserves, you know, that, that he should be there. Um, if he is there for good, you know, he's doing too much collateral damage. I think that, you know, this film shouldn't be taken on its own, you know? I think everything that this film does, you know, is built upon and made better in the subsequent films. You know, like every great trilogy, it's a step in a, you know, it's it's a chapter in a story. And and I think it, it... it sets. I mean, as it stands right now, this is my favorite of the trilogy. I like. I like this just a little bit more than Batman v Superman, and I really think that you know it has so much to say about who Superman is, and it really redefines the character. And my God, I would love a Man of Steel too. Yeah, same. And it's just, um, it's just so amazing to see that on the screen and the way he delivered. And um, and I wish I had Batman. Uh, sorry. Man of Steel on uh, Blu-ray, so I'm definitely gonna try and get the trilogy in Blu-ray. Definitely. Uh, well, um, they just re- they just well they will be releasing Batman v Superman remastered um, with the IMAX ratio. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I would and- love it, but I found out yesterday that I can't play 4K discs on my Xbox, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've got an I, I don't have an Xbox S. Oh, yeah. I have an Xbox X. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really upset oh, about that. Oh, but I'm, I'm gonna. So I'm, I'm gonna find a way so for, sorry for everyone. I misled you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, one of the things you. I mean, this is like. I feel so sorry for you. You. You didn't watch Man of Steel at cinema, did you? Yeah, I did not because um, my dad. He um, he wouldn't let me go and see Twelves because. Um, uh, because well, you're the, the a vulnerable th- child. <laughs> well, but the weird thing is that I didn't go to the cinema as much because I was scared of it because of the loud sounds. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and like I, I have, I have autism, and uh, with the loud sounds and hypersen- uh, with 
high sensitive lounge but now i got used to it because with the cinema uh, with, the, with the music i'm used to or everything um like new sound imagine or... imagine watching 1917 when you were younger <laughs> I mean, oh, that's, a, that's a loud film oh my god but um yeah so thankfully i watched a lot of films in the cinema to get used to the um the things because i used to be really scared of it but now yeah. it's a place to to get your mind off and i love just... the cinema and i miss it but one of my yeah. favorite memories was watching man of steel at the cinema and coming out and being like that was amazing um i really really did love it and yeah. i have so many fond memories of seeing the Zack snyder films at the cinema and I, yeah. I really hope they release the snyder cut at the cinema at some point um that would yeah. be so so good yeah and um yeah i just don't get the hate but um no me neither yeah. So, well, what do we give it this film out? I'm going to give it a, a nine out of ten. I think. Same. Nine out of ten. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Like, it, it's so close to perfection for me. I just do. I I think that like for me, I've always been the kind of person who I care so much more about the non-action than the action. And the action at the end for me, it goes on a little bit. Like, yeah, set, not, to the, not to the point where I, I'm like rolling my eyes, but it just you know it could be cut off it, a little bit. Yeah, I think it was just a, bit, a little bit short. But yeah, I like, think um, you, you know how like it, in the Superman's like fighting these tentacles. That's such a yeah. weird scene. Like you take that out, like I think I probably would have less problems with it. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was it, that was a little bit weird, but um, yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, I think nine out of ten. Uh, Definitely. I, good. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait for all the comments telling us that we are shills. <laughs> Listen, we are massive fans of um, Zack Snyder's work, and yeah, uh, and we just love seeing like a director who wants to create films. Definitely, uh, I really want to watch um, Sucker Punch and Legends of the Guardians. Um, before uh, Snyder Cut, so I can have watched all the Snyder films. Yeah, Legends of the Guardians. I I love that film. Yeah, I it was, love it. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, I, I wish it was a little bit longer, but yeah, I don't know where to find that one actually. But I do know that Sucker Punch is the theatrical cut, so not the extended cut, but the theatrical cut is on UK Netflix at the moment. Oh right. Yeah. So if you want to watch, like anyone in the UK, if you want to watch another Zack Snyder film, that's on there. Woo. Yeah, and I feel like um, a lot of people are going to be like, oh no, Man of Steel has this, 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 this. But we're, we're happy to, you know, discuss stuff. Yes, exactly. leave your opinions in the comment, comment in the comics, in the comments, and email us or DM us, whatever. We are so happy to talk about it. Or tackle discuss. some questions that you... We're going to uh, tackle you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so next week... We're going to talk about Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Now, let's talk about our weekly viewing segment. Uh, so, what have you watched? What have you been watching? What have you been watching? Or what have you been watching? Um, so, this week, uh, I started to watch a TV show on the Apple TV called Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. I've heard it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really good. Uh, so, I started watching a few episodes and, wow. It is hilarious. Um, it, it, it does. Um, I forgot the guy. Um, oh, I was such a Jason. Girl. Jason Sudeikis. Yes, I was yes. about to say shut up. Uh, so <laughs> Jason E does really well being as Ted Lasso, and it's just 
really comical that he did it like uh, the way he do, does it like the way he like um like he he's uh, an american um living in britain and um in england it's just really funny to see um how um he tries to um merge uh, m- merge those um two things together like he gets mixed up with the um the way um like football stuff um he tried to and it's really funny and um and uh i i, I really i love it it's just um it's like it's weird though because um you're it's like oh, you're you're watching um like a, a drama like a football drama but it's hilarious and um <laughs> And uh, the way the characters that you see, it, it is it's funny to see those character interactions, and um, and it, it is unsurprisingly funny because you don't really normally see those uh, in a lot of um, TV series because t- normally TV series like Big Bang Theory or um, I don't know that like, that have like really bad jokes, but these th- this is really funny. So I would recommend this High, highbrow comedy. Yeah, comedy. Yeah, comedy. I, I really, I really want to watch that one. Yeah, it's really fun. I, you, you know, um, we could watch it because um, I'm happy to because it's really fun to watch. Um, but um, I'm happy to like we can watch it together like the lockdown because I got Apple TV on my TV. Um, yeah, nice. So, um, so yeah, I thought that'd be great. So I, um, I haven't waited yet because I'm still watching it because it's fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'll be giving my final review next week. So, Brilliant. yeah. Yeah, what have you been watching, man? I watched Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Now, oh, oh the, the old one. No, the the Johnny Depp one. Oh, I get mixed up. I, so, I'm so sorry. I Literally, I don't know. Do you, do you, did you watch this as a child? Do you have nostalgic memories over this? I don't know, but I do have childic, uh, child, uh, sorry, child nostalgia for the the old one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The the old one with um, um, Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah, yes. the one right. That, that one that was like a horror one, but I feel like that's a bit um, <laughs> right. So more that likely, that one, which I really liked, uh, because it was a more musical, I believe. Yes, yeah. it, it, it definitely definitely was. I, I so you know I, I've read the book. I've I've seen the stage play. I've seen both of the films, and I have to say, I've never been a huge fan of the film. It used to scare me as a kid. I've never gone back to it. You know, um, I'm sure it's great and all, but I have so many. Nost- I have I love Tim Burton's um, the way that Tim Burton uh, you know imagines the the world of um, of 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with such a uh, you know grandiose and heightened like reality. I think it's amazing. I mean, there were some like dated like special effects, but I love the film so much. I think all the music, there's obviously there's the main four songs um, with the Oompa Loompas, and I think they're absolutely wonderful um, with 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 their like music. And, and and I think all the kids are very very well cast. You got that one kid who was in everything. He was you know he's he's now in like some he was in like a a, a psycho um, prequel series which is like going on now. Um, yeah, like, he was in everything. Um, he plays Charlie, and you got like Johnny Depp. I think obviously I love the whole like Gene Wilder and um, like extravagant kind of Willy Wonka. But I also love, and t- to a greater extent, the Johnny Depp 
total weirdo. Um, I think he has so many hilarious lines, and I think the whole like the whole way that they imagine the reality of the chocolate factory with so many quirky things and the way that it's like there are science labs and there's like the whole like you know like um like kind of garden uh, like forest kind of um place with the with the waterfall and it's all made out of chocolate they just take things from the book and they put it straightly straight in my brain and then you have the whole backstory of Willy Wonka that they explore with um, Christopher Lee playing his dad I think it's an absolutely wonderful film. It gives me so many nostalgic memories. The music is absolutely bloody stunning. I don't understand how Danny Elfman can make such a good score for like yeah. for that film, for Batman, for Spider-Man, and then does such a bad st- st- score for Justice League. Who knows? But, yeah, I think it's absolutely wonderful. One of my favourite final films. And it holds up. I was so happy that it holds up. I still have very little complaints about it. Some crummy CGI, but other than that, I loved it. Uh, have you been watching anything else this week? Um, yeah, so I, I started watching Futurama. The... Oh, right, yes. It's on um, Disney Plus, isn't it? Yeah, so nice. uh, I'm having a blast watching it. Um, uh, so, weirdly, I did. I think everyone knows the story of Futurama, but let's start a bit. But I did not know this. Fry um, wakes up in the year 3000 because he was in a cryogenic um, thing. Uh, because I did not know this, because I thought, oh, there's a character in the future because I didn't watch uh, many Futurama episodes because I didn't know what was going on uh, because I was younger. Uh, but I'm watching it and it's just great. Um, so season one has nine episodes, which was strange because oh, really? I thought, oh, all right. So, but but there's more seasons, so I'm going to be watching. But um, yeah, so um, it is very. How many, how many seasons very, are there? Sorry. How many seasons are there? Seven. Oh, that's not not bad actually. Yeah, because so, I know that it, I know that it has a definitive ending, unlike the, unlike the Simpsons, which just got renewed for season thirty five. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, it's a very different TV show, and I really love it because um, it it's like the Simpsons, but like on a very funny level because um it takes like jokes and it just like um brings gags and it's it's uh <laughs> it's funny um I, i'm watching two funny things <laughs> um but um yeah um what else? oh oh yeah there's another thing i watched but i will talk about uh in a bit um so um the way uh that fry um uh like works with the characters because he just woke up in the year 3000 and um and uh what else uh uh yeah it's just like um i think the creator yeah i think the creator did work on futurama and the simpsons yes but- matt groaning um i don't know if you've seen um, disenchantment but that's his that's the show that he made for uh, netflix uh, it's like yeah, a- you watched it didn't you yeah i have um it's it's pretty good and i've kind of lost interest in it as it's gone by but i think that's kind of the case of a lot of tv shows yeah but futurama i think that is like the show that i am really enjoying right now because um it's funny um and there's a lot of stuff that is really um powerful in it that that some people miss but i feel like that's really good uh, to, to, to see the stuff that you need to see in the show i'm not making sense uh, but um <laughs> but the other thing that i really passionately want to talk about um that i watched have you watched anything else um no 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 okay but okay so this is going to be the final weekly viewing that I watched. Logan. Oh, man. I love oh, it. But but I watched it in Noir. 
Oh, very nice. Yes. This was a different experience. And, um, well, I watched the films, like, a couple of times. And, and Wait, are you going to gonna, gonna delve into spoilers here? Uh, I'm not going to delve into spoilers okay. because okay. It, it, it is a very depressing film. Yeah, I, people, people, if you haven't seen the X-Men films, if you haven't seen Logan, watch them. Most of them yeah. are on Disney Plus. Like, please, please, they're yes. so good. Logan's amazing. The, 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 uh, Logan, uh, I personally believe that Logan's the best X Men film, but Definitely. using X Men Two is well. No, but... I used to think X Men Two, and then I rewatched Logan, and I was like, "Tom, you're an idiot. You, you're a stupid, stupid idiot." And then I was like, "Okay, yeah, Logan's definitely the best." Oh, oh, you changed. Yeah, oh, right. it's Logan, okay. and then First Class for me. Um, ah, uh, so Logan. So, ah, uh, where to begin? So it's different <laughs> because. It's in black and white, obviously, because it's in noir, and it it's just so depressing to watch it in black and white, and it's just like, like, um, normally in noir films, it's just, um, like, um, but maybe depressing, but it's like an investigation, like, the steps, if you know, like, those old-style Hitchcock um, steps, like, you know what I mean? Yes, um, so, I mean. Uh, but with Logan, because it, it, it's weird, because it emerges, um, so well with the noir um and it it's so weirdly entertaining to watch in black and white um uh, and and it, it, it's just so devastating to watch because like there are some moments that i was like wow this is so perfect for for black and white and um and um, the, the scenes that I'm talking about, those are the things that I add. And the cinematography with the black and white is also phenomenal because it's just so aesthetically pleasing as well. Like watching 300, but 300 is more aesthetically pleasing to watch. And, and uh, I think I think Logan, if I could just interject, I think Logan's one of the films where the the um, the way that it's the way that it looks, the aesthetics, the cinematography really adds to the sense of bleakness. Yeah, you know, the, and the I feel like, make. um, oh, sorry, uh, I feel like that Logan, um, takes, uh, on a, like, on a depressing note on a, a character that he's been living for centuries, and, yeah. and I feel like that Logan is the darkest character, like, the darkest comic book character, because, um, like, everything that he's been through, like, he's been through, like, two world wars, the Cold War. Definitely. Well, I think one of the best scenes in X-Men Origins is, you know, the beginning, where it shows Logan fighting through all the wars. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great. I think that's a great scene. Yeah, and the th- the things that he's seen so he's seen he's seen his friends die, he sees he sees his um, girlfriend die, and it's just really depressing to see. Um, like uh, it's really depressing to think about a man who has been through a lot of pain, and he wants to get let that go, but um, he lets. And um, it, I'm not going to spoil that, but the way the film ends is just powerful, and you just think about the character on a different perspective, and it's just, um, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but um, the, the music is just, um, oh, I forgot the music. It is it's a very Western. Also, Logan is a Western film, and um, that MCU type of style, because. Um, the way um, that MCU, Fox MCU, uh, before 
Disney bought Fox. Um, it did. It did really well because it. Oh, had, like, did you uh, hear? Uh, I think I heard a report that they're starting produ- pre-production on an X Men film, but they're calling it the Mutants. Ah, right. Um, but um, so uh, Logan is a Western film, and we got Deadpool two, a uh, Deadpool as a comedy film, and and then the New Mutants. Uh, but back then it was a horror film. Uh, is it a horror film still? It's yeah. It it's it 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 has horror elements in it. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, uh, with horror because that's really good because with comic book, you find a, a way of um, challenging those genres onto a comic book movie because comic book movies are very hard to um, tackle through because you think about the characters, you think about the genre, but the way that um, James Mangold merged with the Western genre with Logan. Uh, and he takes that on a realistic approach. Uh, thinking about the characters that he's been, uh, the, 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 the Logan been through, and um, thinking about Laura, uh, the character, and uh, Professor Xavier, and it's just really sad to see. But also, it takes on a hopeful insight, and the that uh, the way, and I love the character developments between um, Logan and Laura, and uh, it's just it's just like the family. Um, seen together and uh, yeah um, the antagonist um, I thought that was um, well done uh, I think the uh, the antagonist um, uh, basically yeah the antagonist is the son sorry um, so um, yeah that the uh, robotic hand and being like the fan uh, being a fan of Logan and uh, Dr. Dr. Xavier and uh, Mr. Xavier or Dr. Xavier? Professor Xavier. Oh, prof- John, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, Professor Xavier, sorry. It's, the film's just taken me, like, a depressing note, but I haven't watched it for a while. But, um, um, yeah, uh, Wells. Um, and the the film just can't, uh, c- 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 um, finishes, has a great conclusion to the X-Men saga. Uh, and, um, and it's just a great great send-off to uh, Hugh Jackman, the, the, the actor who's been playing Wolverine for years, and um, yeah, and I would recommend you to watch it in the world because it's just powerful and um, yeah, uh, and the performance that these actors deliver on a very personal level. Um, yeah, so I give this film a 10. Definitely. I, I, I mean, what he said, I agree. But um, it's interesting that you brought up Logan, because I just want to say, I'll, I'll say something that I, I watched quite recently as well, is um, I watched The Wolverine, right? So oh, The Wolverine. So The Wolverine is nowhere near as good as Logan. I think everyone knows that. But I never, I just kind of, I just kind of threw it away in my mind. I watched it when I was younger. I really liked it, but I was kind of like, it's fine. It's not that good. I rewatched it. No, 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 no. It's very good, okay? It's really, very, very good. It's really, really let down by the ending. You know, the ending becomes this kind of, like, CGI mess of a superhero film, as so many superhero films do. The secondary antagonist is literally the worst. Viper. Oh, my God, she's so boring. Um, but it's a really interesting story about Logan coming to terms with what happened in X-Men The Last Stand. And it's it, 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 what, what I love about it is how... 
you know, it, it spends a whole film, you know, dealing with, with, with the events of that, of that film, which is what so many superhero films should do. Like Iron Man 3, it deals with Tony's, like, PTSD after Avengers, and that's what the Wolverine does so well, and it takes it back, you know, you see, like, um, how Logan has changed since he was in, um, in, in World War Two um, in Nagasaki, I think it is, um, where the, you know, where the bomb, where the bomb dropped, uh, you know, he, you know, how, how his past decisions influences him, and there's some great action and some great set pieces and some really, like, intense stuff, and how he finds, you know, um, like, solace and, and, and peace in, 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 like, a new love, um, but eventually has to let it go because he knows that's the nature of his life. It's, uh, you see James Mangold doing things that he will later excel at in Logan, and he sets the stage for Logan so well, and since you're talking about Logan, and I agree, exa- I agree completely with what you're saying, I think that, you know, the Wolverine, I mean, X-Men Origins, total, total dog shit, but, um, the Wolverine is, does have a lot to say, and I do think it, it, it deserves a lot more recognition. Yeah, and, um, and Logan, weirdly, because, um, usually comic book films are very hard to, like, to meet them as masterpieces, but the way, uh, that Logan is just a cinematic masterpiece, and, um, and if you've been watching, like, X-Men films, uh, you've been growing up watching them, and, and it's just a powerful film, and, um, totally. and Van Gogh did it so well. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. wait for Indiana Jones. Uh, off the back of James Mangold doing his other films, I'm very excited to see how he tackles Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, so I, I have faith in him. He'll, um, he will do it. Two right, and that is it for us this week. Quite quite a long episode, but thank you everyone for watching. You know, as always, if you enjoyed yourself, leave a like, subscribe if you want to see more. We're going to be doing Batman v Superman and Justice League next week. Woo! We are extremely well, not Justice League. We're going to be doing Justice League the week after that, but we're doing Batman v Superman next week, and we're extremely excited about it. You know, leave a comment. You know, tell us what your thoughts on anything that we discussed here. Tell us, did you like One Division? You excited for the Snyder Cut? Yeah. Man of Steel, what your thoughts? Or about Logan or Ted Lasso, Charlie and Top? Any of that stuff um you know leave us an email as well and you know we'll read it out if if you if you email us in and we will you know respond to your questions or your opinions anything like that anything you want to say before we leave um be safe uh wear a mask uh things are nearly getting better they're gradually ever so slightly getting up there yeah um so yeah so thank you for listening uh and um yeah and this has been a great episode uh, to discuss our man steel and i'm very excited to discuss more of batman v superman next week and what yet to come of the snyder cut tell me do you bleed you will and then you play the batman theme from okay <laughs> okay that, that's a real moment thank you uh, comedy oh Yes, comedy. Just call me Comedy uh, Tom. Bleed. <laughs> oh, and of course, if you want to get in contact with us, we're at alstimefilmpod at gmail.com and alstimefilmpod at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I am Tom the Bourbon on Twitter. I am ComedyJohn42 on Twitter. And without a further ado, take what you're given. <laughs> Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.